The Gospel Shaped Home Podcast is a family discipleship resource from Providence Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina that aims to equip you and your family to be on mission with God to the end of the street and the ends of the earth. So in the first part of this episode, Brian and I started talking with Chris and Miriam Gardner about uh, chapter five, defining moment number four, when you realize family can't replace church with uh, dear brother and sister Chris and Miriam Gardner. I hope you were encouraged by the first part of the episode, and I hope that you will enjoy this, the second half of our conversation with them. So thanks for tuning in. Here you go. Okay, so uh, he concludes this chapter. There's more that we could say. This is a really rich chapter. If you're reading the book, I would encourage you to make sure you don't don't skip this one. Uh, but you know, he has these three kind of application points. He says, okay, I get it. I get it. Church needs to be a priority, right? Church community needs to be a priority. What does it mean for my marriage? And he has three application points. So let maybe Brian and I can just, we can throw them out there. And I'd love for you guys to use these to kind of just share how you've seen the importance of the local church community in your own marriage, as well as, you know, marriages that you've invested in other brothers and sisters that you've counseled and shepherded and encouraged. So uh, first one for your marriage to last, you can't walk alone. Mm. Danger of isolation. Mm. Absolutely. I know for us, we have been blessed to have other couples in our life pour into us. Even early on when we were first married, someone paid for us to go to a marriage encounter weekend. Someone did that for us too, actually. Oh, that's, that's also such a sweet weekend. Yeah. Still to this day, I don't think we know who that was, but wow. they were looking at investing in us two young, you know, college kids just graduated. Mm. But how the church just wrapped their arms around us to to love on us, and for me, it was even more of an impact because Chris was serving as an interim youth pastor during that time, and um, that just made a huge. Um, reaction or to me it impacted me <clears throat> excuse me to learn how it, it was to be a married couple in the church and somebody loving me enough to invest in me yeah and I, th- I, th- I think um, part of that is in isolation uh, if you think about how many people move away from families and don't have a su- great support uh, cast around them especially in the area we live a lot of people are transient and have moved away from home and if they're trying to do life as Christians by themselves alone, it's really hard. And so the involvement in, in, a, in a life group or a small group in a small community like we have with, at Providence is vitally important. Mm-hmm. And we have seen so many cases where those who are not, are not intentionally engaging and they're not leaning in toward a small group or a small community is their needs go unmet. Sometimes there's bitterness because nobody called me, nobody reached out to me. But a lot of times it's the fault of the people who aren't getting engaged. You got to let people in. You got to let people in. And it's so hard with all we have going on in our lives to go it alone. It's so difficult. You know, I, I, I have to... I have to speak to this because we're living in this world right now. Um, and it, I think it needs to be said. And, and, you know, by the time this podcast come, we may be further out of the isolation that has happened because of the reality of what's happening in our circumstances. But, but you said it, it, it's, it's important. And, and then you said vital. I, th- I think isolation, uh, it is, a, it's a disease. Um, it's like opening. I, I was thinking the other day, um, isolation is like opening your, leaving your door cracked in the winter. 
um, where, you know, maybe not all the way open. So all of the cold air rushes in, but just enough open that it seeps in. And, you know, if you've ever been in a room that's close to the door, you feel the cold kind of come over you. Well, I think that's how isolation works. It just, it's, it's got this chilling effect on you to where you may not know right in the beginning what's happening because it's slowly creeping in until it you know envelops you and you're and you're caught in it and and it's it is a uh, um, it's an invitation toward disaster for people not just in marriage though it is in marriage and not just when you're when you're I mean it, it it works both personally too like isolating yourself from your spouse is equally damaging mm-hmm. and isolating yourselves from others mm-hmm. both has the same end effect you know before we started this and I mentioned we'd read a few passages from the word uh Chris you you know, referenced Hebrews 10 and, you know, uh, Dave Harvey, he, he quotes it in this section and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And, you know, he draws out the, you know, kind of obvious, like, we have to be stirred up to love and good works because we settle and we get cold and we need to be renewed and revived in our zeal for love and good works. But he's, he points out, he's like, God, he knows our proclivity, our propensity to drift from commitment. And he lovingly calls us to stay vitally connected to the church. And and Annie, I'll I'll share a story with you, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Of something that happened to us, excuse me, a long time ago, um, only because we were engaged and involved with the Sunday school class with the church we were attending that this happened. Um, I got a call. We were living in Woodstock, Georgia, attending First Baptist Woodstock. And I got a call at work and Miriam was hysterical and said, Katie, our middle child had stopped breathing and she had turned purple. And so I immediately just ran out the door and started driving home. It was a 25 minute ride home. When I got home, Miriam and Katie were already on their way to the hospital in an ambulance. And our oldest son our oldest child, son, Adam, was three years old or whatever. Our son is, Miriam had called our Sunday school teacher, his wife, and she was already there taking care of him before I even got home to be able to go take care of him. Mm. All I had to do was turn right around and go straight to the hospital to be with her. And one of our pastors beat me to the hospital. Praise God. And I don't know what Miriam, I don't know what we would have done without that love. And, and then it went on after that. I mean, she sure. ended up being fine. She was a near SIDS. Only re, and we were living in an area, we had zero family. We knew nobody. And only because we were involved with a, a Sunday school group that loved and cared for us, mm-hmm. were we able to get through that time. Yeah. It's just one example. Everybody's got examples like yeah. that, I'm sure. Yeah. I think when you can share those with other people who are so disconnected, they feel like there is no connection for them. And how can the church help me? Um, when you can share that, it shows them that it's not just a choice, but it is a family. We are here to help you, to support you, have your back, so to speak. And, you know, there are uh, people, maybe people who listen to this, who will have been involved in a church and they will have gone through some difficulty or trial and they will have maybe feel abandoned or like they weren't cared for. And I would just encourage, uh, if you're there, um, one to remember that 
uh, the church is made up of broken sinners who are being restored into Christ's image. And none of us, uh, and, and often us corporately, don't uh, fully reflect the concern and compassion and care of God. And that Christ is never absent from his people right. in those moments, even when we as his people fall short. But the encouragement to guard against that is that you've got to, like we said earlier, open yourself up. You've got to be meaningfully engaged. This is more than just showing up two times, three times a week to a worship service, but it's it's actively inviting people into your life and you being involved in people's lives when you aren't in a moment of crisis and bearing burdens for one another in love, praying for one another, exhorting one another, enjoying the gift of one another uh, and friendship with one another is what, in a sense, God will use to prepare for that day when, you know, you have to take a child to the hospital and yep. you need. Agreed. Help. And could have prepared and it has prepared a lot of people going into the pandemic, like Brian was talking about earlier, is yeah. is the only way some people have been able to deal with being isolated in our houses and working remotely and all that is knowing that we have a small community of people around us that are even if it's Zoom, even if it's yeah. virtual, even if it's texting, phone calls, yeah. phone calls, whatever, we're still connecting with each other. Yeah. But to encourage the people who are listening that may not have a life group, we are still here. It just takes a phone call to yeah. you or to Brian or to someone else to say, hey, I need help. And from there can build into something else that we can still reach people. Yeah. yeah. Good. Now, we're we're we keep getting a little uh, steps away from the the topic here, but it's worth saying, I think actually, as we were praying and introducing this chapter, uh, I, I thought about the fact that, you know, Providence uh, in God's kindness and grace, there's a lot of health and a lot of things that we as a church do really well. And for a long time as a church, we've emphasized every member ministry, right? That was one of uh, Pastor Horner's kind of priorities that he emphasized regularly. And uh, I think this is a prime example of it, right? Uh, obviously, if, if you're listening and you don't feel connected, call Brian, call myself, call any of the pastors, but you can call Chris and Miriam. You can show up at their life group. Like, and I don't say that to be funny, like to deflect. I'm saying like every member of the body of Christ has gifts and has responsibility to care for others in the body. Now, everyone can't care for everyone in the same ways, but uh, the work of ministry doesn't belong to I'm doing quotes with my fingers, professional Christians, right? We all have opportunities to bear one of those burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Yeah. Well said. Okay. Uh, number two, for your marriage to last, you can't idolize the family. Now he did earlier, we kind of skipped over. I wrote in my notes uh, on the side of the margin of the book, body blow, right? Uh, when he, he talked about the tendency that we as parents have to find our identity wrapped up in our kids' success, right? So we can cultivate this almost harried, frenetic pace of life because they've got to have this lesson. They've got to be a part of this team. They've got to go to this club or group or whatever, right? We can do that with kids, but we can also do it with marriage. So you guys have anything to, to just chime in with that, that encouragement for your marriage to last, you can't idolize the family. Yeah. So that, that's, that is a, that's a big challenge because, um, and for me personally, it is because I grew up and played every sport possible and was involved in every club possible and went to leadership camps and summer camps and on. And that's just the way we were raised. Mm -hmm. But it comes to a point where you, sometimes you just have to say no 
You have to say no to this or that to prioritize the health of the family that you get from engagement in a local church. But um, it takes, it takes guts to be honest with you to say, no, we, we're, we can't do this as a family because we need healthy discipleship. We need training. We want our family to have a local community. So um, it, it's not easy. And I tell you another thing, it's not easy when you might say no and you've got your, the, the grandparents of the kids going, wait a minute, how come you're not letting your child do to this or do that or whatever? Yeah. That's not, that's not fair to them. That's they, you know, and, and so it gets to the point where you have to really just pick and choose sometimes and prioritize again, like Miriam said earlier, this is not choosing the church over the family. We got to be very clear about that. That is not what we're saying at all here. It's just sometimes you have to prioritize. And you love your family by committing to the church as a family. Absolutely. And the best way to have that healthy family is to be involved in a local church. But another thing I'll say is one of the mistakes Mira and I made was um, we placed a little, probably a little bit too high priority on our children when, when they were young. And we were all about them and doing what I just described that I did as a kid. We didn't spend time dating each other enough when the children were young, we yeah. placed too much of a priority on family and children and, and it caused us to get unhealthy at times. And so looking back, we've learned lessons from that. We've gotten better about that. That's a good word. Yeah. He says, uh, if we're not careful, our marriage can become a mere apparatus to service our children's needs. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's, that's literally making children the idol. Yeah. That's in, right. in that case. Yeah. And that's dangerous. It is. Okay. Um, you know, he, he also quotes uh, John Piper. It's hard for me to pass up an opportunity to quote, to mention a John Piper quote, but he, uh, he, he you know, he's, he's talking about the fact that there are Christians in the world who wrestle with the fact of, should we gather for worship because we might get arrested and go to jail? We might be attacked for gathering to worship. Whereas in our context, we have Christians who are saying, should we go to worship? It's going to mean we, our kids can't play on this travel team, right? Like seeing the, um, uh, what that says about our, how we value the local church. Um, you know, it's significant and we need to, I think, hear, uh, God's gracious warning in that, you know, of don't neglect the gathering together, uh, the, the commitment to my family. So, uh, last one, last, um, application he says for your marriage to last you must prioritize the church we've kind of been talking about that the whole time but anything else you guys would add or any just final story or encouragement from your own marriage or ministry that you find would be helpful for our listeners you want to go first go ahead okay i'll follow you um yeah so we don't have time to go through all the different stories and times where we've been blessed financially i went two years without a salary or benefits, and we had three children, and and Miriam went through a major operation. We had to pay cash for that. That was not easy. The only way we were we survived was God encouraged people in our in our lives to drop food off at our front step, wow. and other types of things. Pay for our kids to go on the retreat or the camp or just a whole variety of things. That's just one example. We have so many to share. Um, but we made a decision when we got married that we were going to make not just church attendance, but also at Sunday school attendance and commitment and engagement, a priority. And we did, and we always have. And it has made such a difference in our lives. 
through different churches, different groups, different seasons of life. Um, I just, I'm not even sure that we would be married today if we had not had that, that biblical community in our lives and that we were a part of. Now, of course, the older we get, the more we're able to turn a lot of that into blessing others and encouraging others. And we still need encouragement ourselves. Don't get me wrong. We do. But we're just so thankful we're in the position to be able to do that. And we've been able to help other people in our life groups when they were in between jobs and they had needs. And a lot of them through the years didn't have family locally. They, sure. they, we have gotten up, gotten up in the middle of the night and gone when one of the adult, the, the parents had to go to the hospital and go take care of the other one, take care of their children. That's a lot of what you do is you do life together, but it does take prioritization. And yes, sometimes you have to say no to other things. You do. Yeah. I think that's where you can say you've seen it come full circle. You know, that <clears throat> where we didn't have a lot during the end, but now you see, okay, God says, okay, now it's your turn to bless somebody else. Mm. And it's so cool to be able to do that, to support somebody going on a, a marriage retreat or to just get away for a weekend or just being a babysitter because they have nobody. And we've been there. We've never lived close to family. And so to be able to jump in and help somebody else just to say, we're here to encourage you, love you on you, and uh, show them what it really truly looks like to to love somebody and serve you in the church. But I would one thing I would add um, is that this, like most everything in our Christian lives, takes being intentional. You can't just go through life and 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 and, and having a good balance between church and family happen. It won't just happen. You have to be intentional. So the a married couple needs to talk about this and get on the same page and pray through the whole thing. If you go through life without being intentional about it, I promise you, it just won't happen. I agree. And I'm really glad you said it, brother. Thank you. That's good. Why is that so funny? No, it's not. We're Brian over here saying, man, we don't have to say it because Chris is saying it all for us. Thank you, brother. That's good. Miriam. Thank you both. It's really helpful. Um, Marriage Foundations Life Group at what time? Uh, we, we meet at 930 in room 207. Thank you. Okay. So if you don't have a life group uh, and this life group takes an annual beach Well, trip. it's an annual beach retreat. It has been for years. Mountains. We're going to the mountains this year. Ooh. Is there a beach in the mountains? Shaking it up. Actually, there is a beach mountain, but we're going to Banner Elk. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but we're actually at capacity. Yeah, we've already sold out. We've got a waiting list already. For the, uh, for the retreat. retreat. Okay, mm-hmm. so yes. you can, um, if you don't have a life group, uh, this would be a great one to consider. And I don't know if we said it, you guys are also serving with Reengage right now, right? You yes, guys are, we did mention that. So we're in week... Uh, chapter six and seven. We're doing chapter six and seven this week in Reengage. It is an amazing program and curriculum. By this week, it, we're recording this first week of March. It probably oh, be a few weeks sorry, out. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. But yeah, so it may be over. I don't yeah. know. I can't remember the schedule, but <laughs> right. um, yeah, thank you guys for serving there as well. And um, just, yeah, thank you guys for your heart to bless others in the church and specifically with this, in this area of marriage. And um, yeah, I just really appreciate you being here today. So 
Thank you so much. Thanks this for having been, us. It's been great. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having us. And uh, to you, our listeners, thank you for joining in. Thank you for uh, sticking it out. If you've made it all this this far into the this episode, um, I hope that you will see uh, the wisdom and the kindness of God in redeeming us into community. Uh, to making us not just redeemed individuals, but a new people for his own possession. Uh, And I hope that this will help you see the local church as the way Dave Harvey finishes the chapter, a supply system for your soul. I hope that it'll help you to open wide the valve and keep it there to come let the body of Christ minister to you. Come find your um, opportunity to serve and bless others in the church. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Shaped Home Podcast produced by Providence Baptist Church of Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information and resources from Providence, visit us online at pray.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts.